The hosts of this show are not experts. All information discussed and debated on the show is publicly available, and the opinions of the hosts are not fact. We apologize for any offense you may take and discourage any message of hate, violence, and discrimination, but such messages may be repeated from reportedly original sources for purposes of debate and discussion. We encourage your involvement in the discussion, but do not support any similar aforementioned message. You're listening to American Minutes. All right, all right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are officially on the clock for the very first episode of American Minute Snash. We are starting back at square one. This is no longer episode 79 of the You Mad Bro podcast, but this is American Minutes episode number one, the real State of the Union. So, Nash, how excited are you for this new chapter in our lives? Oh, man, I couldn't be more excited, Flaffadil. I'm, I'm amped up. Yeah, we I drank four Red Bulls. Jesus, I didn't. Did I didn't. I, I've just been drinking water today. I'm that'll, sorry. That'll, that'll cure COVID real quick. Let us say my test came back negative, so I don't do not have or no longer have COVID. I don't know which one it is, but um, that's neither here nor there. But this is American Minutes, same old place. Uh, our socials are Nash. What are our socials now? Um, uh, we're American Minutes, and that's what you should be searching. Well, I, th- um, I think Instagram's American underscore minutes, Twitter's at uh, USA, USA Min Pod, Min Pod yeah. and I think Facebook's American Minutes Pod. Yes. So those are all of our ads. Make sure you go f- follow us there, all all that. Uh, and Biggest Podcast Solutions, as you can hear the fire engine outside my apartment, uh, biggestpodcastsolutions.com uh, slash American Minutes. So everything has been updated. Uh, same feeds. So if you like, if you like to, uh, you Matt, bro, this is going to be a very similar show. Um, but this week, me and Nash are doing something a little bit different. Um, we don't have necessarily any, typically the format is, you know, we have three or four stories or actually two to three stories with yeah. detailed notes. We do a deep dive into each of them this time. Um, we actually had this, I didn't want to talk about the new stimulus package in depth because we already did that. You know, I didn't really want to talk about Cuomo in depth because we already did that. I didn't really talk about talk about the record number of kids in cages at the border and Biden sending FEMA there because we pretty much already did that. Uh, so instead, we're just kind of going to go off the cuff, me and Ash. Off the cuff, on the clock, baby. Hello. Off, off the cuff, This is American Minutes. Yeah. I found all the social tags, too, if you want those. Was I right? Just tell me if I was right or not. I sure it's at American underscore minutes for Instagram, Facebook. It's a Facebook page. Type in American minutes, you fools. Well, there's an app there too. Twitter is at USA Min Pod. USA's <laughs> capitalized plays. YouTube is American Minutes Podcast. And Twitch is American Minutes. Oh fuck, I can believe probably Twitch. Yeah, uh, Facebook is at American Minutes Pod. So yeah, typically uh next week we will be live. Uh the graphic couldn't get done in time. Sorry, and uh, I am not in the best shape to go live right now. So we'll do that next week um, once everything is fully set up. And come April, guys, this show is going to pop off. So I'm excited for everyone to be there. Um, go to our YouTube channel. Go to our Twitch channel. Make sure you subscribe right now. And we are right, live right now. Mondays at Sorry. 8, we are live. So check us out. And uh, comment, like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell, yada, yada, yada. Every YouTuber does these plugs. But it really does help us out because God knows we're going to need it. Once this show pops off, YouTube algorithm is going to push us far down because they don't yeah. want us They don't want us telling the truth. 
At least, from our, at least from our viewpoint. Uh, but Nash, when you're on the clock, you get the truth. I'm going to be saying on the clock a lot. I also wanted to say that, you know, feel free when we do go live, throw comments out there because we are more than happy to go and do a few sidebars. We love the interaction. Yeah, you know, our, our plan is typically go 60 American minutes, but if we go 90 American minutes or even two hours, hell, that's just a Monday night in my book. <laughs> I have, I was honestly like, Nash, I have no problem with our shows going longer than just 60 minutes. Yeah, I already don't plan anything Monday night because I know this is going to happen. So that's yeah. fine with me. All right. So, Nash, we are like 60 some odd days into Biden's presidency, whether you believe it or not. Um, and he has not given one public press conference. He hasn't oh. spoken directly to the American people. Now, he did give his speech last week when he signed the yeah. CARES Act and pretty much, you know, said by 4th of July, we can have our independence back, which is adorable. Um, it was cute. It was, it was cute. But he hasn't really answered questions from reporters. He hasn't answered questions from the people. He hasn't done any town halls. He hasn't I haven't seen a lot of old sleepy. He hasn't given a State of the Union. Now, there was one instance where he was like, okay, I'm ready to take questions, and the White House feed is cut off. They cut him off. They're like, no, 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 you don't, Joe. You don't make the rules no. here clearly. Kamala <laughs> no, said, no, no. Kamala clearly said no questions. <laughs> <laughs> Not in my White House. So, Ash, what, what, do, you, what do you think of this? Because uh, Jen Psaki, his press secretary, gives briefings every single day. Um, I see I see the, like, the live streams on YouTube. I don't watch them, but I see them on YouTube every single day. <laughs> where, you know, she's talking, she's talking to the press. She's talking to the people, but... Is this a big deal that Biden hasn't really answered public questions in his whole time in office? No say of the union either? What do you think? I'll say this because to me it's a very it's a it's a bigger than one man type of thing, you know, because we were talking about the presidency. And I will say it it is defining of your office without a doubt. And I'm not opposed to a president that doesn't want to talk to the press a lot. I'm not like that makes total sense to me the way you want to lead. You don't necessarily need to do that. Mm. Um, but then again, it is, it is telling for him to not have done any of that at all when he was supposed to be a great unifier, you know, to not be unifying people when you have the opportunity and the position and the soapbox, it, it's, it's, it doesn't look too good. It counteracts that image that you strived for. Yeah, especially when he, when he touted that, you know, anything about his cognitive state was a lie. You know, like this this isn't doing him any favors in that realm of people thinking he is not mentally fit to be president. And I am still one of them. I will say that until uh, two years from now when he resigns and Kamala takes over. Um, so, she can, so she can get a full two years plus so she eight more. <sighs> So I will say that until Biden steps down in a, approximately one year and like 30 days. So <laughs> or one year and 300 days. So, yeah, I don't I don't think he's mentally fit to be president. And the reason, you know, we're not really hearing from him speaking too much is because when he does speak, this is what happens. I just want to thank you both. And I want to thank the the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general. But my. My uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done to try to implement what we've just talked about and for recommending these two women for promotion. He sounds tired. It sounds terrible. And it's totally uh, you can totally see why you wouldn't want him 
talking in front of reporters, especially if they have hard hitting questions to which, ask. Which because they don't. <laughs> Let's be clear. They don't. The off chance that the Fox News people did. Um, <laughs> they they, they uh, won't either. They'll ask about Dr. Seuss and Potato Head. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? One, that's that, that's one not one a fish, joke. The, the Democrat, the Democratic, the, uh, the Republican Party, excuse me, is like stuck because they can't really talk about like Joe Biden because one, it it simultaneously goes with and against their agenda. Like they don't want to mention that you know every single Republican in the House and Senate voted against the the, uh, the new bill, the one point nine. Uh, trillion stimulus. They can't mention that. That's not a good look. Um, but they also can't mention that Biden went along with them and didn't put the $15 minimum wage in because then it makes Biden look like an actual Republican. So de- Republicans are stuck in this news cycle where they can't talk about what they want to talk, what they, what they should be talking about because it makes them look bad. So they talk about this stupid bullshit culture war nonsense. I mean, I definitely don't think it's nonsense, but I definitely don't think it deserves as much attention as it gets. Because I do say, see that they put up stories about those things all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that is the majority of what they're talking I about. I mean, cancel culture is a real thing. Um, it's an issue. Depending on the topic, I don't think it's a, it's a, I don't think Dr. Seuss and Potato Head are a big issue. Um, but they, there's more important things in the country to talk about right now than Mr. Potato Head and six Dr. Seuss books. Well, I will ask this, because I didn't last time, and it's not going to take long. Like, I hate to counteract your point by proceeding with talking about it, but there's like a Mrs. Potato Head, right? Did they, like, change that too? That's a good question. You know, I, that was one of my first thoughts too. There is a Mrs. Potato Head. There's a Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Knowing our culture, they only got rid of the the Mr. and the female, uh, the Mrs. Potato Head is now transgender. <laughs> I mean, it's a potato, so it is a potato. Like... <laughs> I mean, let's, let's 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 also be clear: the joke has been made multiple times. Does it really matter? The only thing that really makes Mr. Potato Head a man is the fact that he has a mustache. The only thing that makes Mr. Potato Head a female is that her, her is like her hat, her lipstick. Yeah, they, don't like yeah. they don't have genitals. They don't have genitals. Yeah, and he's locked, so we, right? you know, he's, he even, he's, well, he's going to pop off Mr. Potato Head so long, he wishes he had genitals. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but, but Biden, you know, it, it, like, I, I, do, I do agree with you. I don't think it's necessary for Biden to be, like, you know, Trump is in the public eye speaking to people all the time. He was giving rallies as president. I don't think Biden needs to do that. You can make the argument, oh, he's too busy yeah. governing. Fine, fine, that's fine. Um, I'm not going to say he's not busy. I'm not going to say he's golfing all the time because I don't think he has enough energy to golf. But he's not doing himself any favors. Going, Definitely isn't. You got to ask yourself, like, who made the decision that the, that the president is supposed to have this massive public eye all the time? Like, you just go back farther and farther. I think it was roughly like Eisenhower when all the publicity stuff really hit hard or FDR yeah. around that time. But it's like, that doesn't mean that the next guy has to be like that. Trump obviously was. And now people are pulling back and not seeing any of it at all. So we're definitely having a bit of a withdrawal there. It's a little bit like what, what we need something like Nixon, Nixon addressed to the nation 37 times from the Oval Office in his five years. Yeah. Trump and one of them was to say I'm out. Yeah, and, and the, the last one was to say I'm out. Um, and Trump 
probably address the people 37 times a day on Twitter. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't want to say that do like being like that isn't necessarily bad. It doesn't immediately mean a negative, but for the image that he's created for himself, it hundred percent isn't helping. Yes. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, like, you got, you got, you got to answer questions. Sometimes you can't send out your fucking Wendy's girl every single day. It just saying we'll circle back to you. Have you seen those compilations, yeah, Nash? Jen, Jen no, Saki yeah, will circle I think back. She's terrible. She is she's terrible. terrible. She is terrible. She's not as. I mean, the the thumb that uh, Trump put out there. Uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, she's running for governor of like somewhere now. Uh, Huckabee Sanders, oh, his, his, like his, like one of his first. Yeah, uh, Sarah, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah, I call her a thumb. She's just a giant thumb. I, I see what you mean there because the whole neck face ratio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She just looks like a giant yeah, thumb. I get, I get your meaning. Yeah, <laughs> then, like the, like the hand thing from Spy Kids. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the thumb thumbs. Yeah, yeah, the thumb men. <laughs> Boost is a madman. Hey, Help hey, us save hey, us. <laughs> hey, Daffy, thumbs don't have a gender, so how about you back off? Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, finally, let's 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 move on. And um, so we're gonna yeah, like I said, we're kind of let's kind of give our own state of the union. But what? What's going on in the country right now and where we think it's going to go? So that leads us to the filibuster. Um, now, do you know when the filibuster was set in motion? What was like, what actually was a thing? That, it's hard to say because here, the thing about the filibuster is it didn't actually, it wasn't like uh, they signed the legislation to say the filibuster is this, it means this. What happened was they kind of had something in the works and like, Eight in like nine, or no, it was 18, like 1806. Hang on, it was, they had the law in like 1789 or something. Yep. They were removed, and it pretty much the law was like you had to get the simple majority could end a filibuster. But the president at the time was it Burr? No, it wasn't Burr. That was way long ago. Um, I forget who the president was at the time, but. He essentially made a statement saying, like, hey, we've used this once since it's been a thing, so can we just get rid of it? You know, Congress agreed. They got rid of it, and that was essentially what created the filibuster because now you've got, okay, there's nothing on the books that prevents somebody from talking about a bill for as long as they want. And so over time, it started to evolve into, you know, something real as people would sort of use that loophole to delay bills. And so I think it was in like 19, after the 40s, probably the 60s because of civil rights, it started ramping up a lot. People were using it a lot because I think it was in the 70s or late 60s where you had the, it's like the two path doctrine where Congress can have two motions going simultaneously. So if one gets paused, they can schedule out time to do the other one. Yeah, that was 1970, according to Wikipedia. So you know it's credible. It also, <laughs> it also like doubled the amount of fil- more than doubled the amount of filibusters going on because now you've got twice as many bills going. Yeah. So it's it's not really a thing, really. It was made on accident. Yeah, the emergence of the the Clotor, uh, 1970- Cloter, Cloture. 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 Okay, in 1917, yeah. during World War One, a rule allowed uh, the cloture of a debate that was adopted by a Senate in a 76 to 3 roll call vote. Uh, Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, that would have been Wilson and yeah. 1917. All right, so that's so that's pretty much like the origins of it. Now, 
the filibuster really it is it's in in layman's terms it's like um saying hey we want to delay this bill here's why and they just they filibuster they talk and they don't stop talking essentially it's saying like yeah. hey but nowadays it's just excuse me sir we motion a filibuster now we're filibustering it that's it you need 60 votes and they read the dictionary yeah yeah whereas but like you know People was uh, people are saying like you know Kyle Klinsky is saying recently that he wants the filibuster to go back to where you just go up there and talk forever. You have to you have to literally filibuster. Um. Now, what do you think? Do you think the filibuster should? Is it? Do you think we should keep it? Is it necessary, or do you think it should be done with? No, I, I do. I do like it because what it does is it's essentially it ensures that the voice of a minority can be heard in the chamber. Cause that was sort of like when uh, Hamilton was writing up the federalist papers, that was a big thing he was concerned about, about how he wanted the minority to be able to have authority. Even if, you know, even because they have less people, it doesn't mean they shouldn't be represented or heard. Mm-hmm. And that was specifically about Congress. So it makes sense that they would have a mechanism like that because it straight up gives you unlimited time for literally as long as you can stand to talk about the subject. And now it more than often deviates onto something totally irrelevant, or at least at some point it did. And it has. I think some guy just read like a cookbook at one point. (laughs) (laughs) And this is how you make the perfect brownies. Yeah, some some people just like read the dictionary and stuff like that. So I definitely think it's it's good. I would say though, like constitutionally, getting rid of it probably wouldn't be the hardest thing ever because it doesn't really have a lot of concrete documentation around it. You know, because yeah. it was made on accident. It wasn't a bill that was proposed and agreed upon and signed. It's sort of slowly evolved from an accident from the 1900s. Yeah. My my idea of the filibuster is that yes, it forces. Well, in theory, on paper, it's supposed to force the both sides to work together to to come to an actual agreed bill, an actual yeah. agreed law, something that's going to actually benefit people. Now we don't see that because the sides are so polar, polar opposites, kind yeah. of. Like that, they can't. They can't agree on anything. They can't get anything done, which is why it should be saying it should be done with. But then again, if you get rid of the filibuster, the problem I see, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, Nash, is that you wouldn't see any consistency with society. They would just ebb and flow back and forth, back and forth. Because if everything was a majority vote, the the Senate and the House go back and forth between Democrat and Republican like every two years. The the power changes the majority changes yeah. all the time so what are you going to do set up set up like fix a healthcare for one right like say like say for some reason i get rid of the filibuster medicare for all for all passes right yay 2022 republicans win the house and senate back healthcare medicare for all is gone no two years later republicans win, democrats win it back medicare's back yay right it's, your institutions yeah. are just going to keep – the rules are going to keep changing and institutions will be able to keep up. You can – well, it'll, it, it'll keep up until it changes to something that works to, to where the people – nobody wants you to go against it. Like that was the thing with illegal immigration up until 
like the late 2000s, I would say, probably the end of Obama. Mm -hmm. Immigration was a pretty universal topic. Like everybody was like, yeah, we want to heal illegal immigration. That was a universally accepted policy until it wasn't. So you don't, you don't really know. You know what I mean? Like th- that type of thing, it, it changes and it changes with those hands of power too. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's very odd to me how illegal immigration went to such a universal topic to now it's like, no, everybody should be in. Yeah. It has the but, word illegal in front of it. Like you couldn't, like you couldn't say that in 2004. You couldn't say that in 2008. Now it's like a very popular idea. Hmm. Well, you don't mean open borders, though. No, I just mean like laxing uh, yeah. uh, immigration, which, you know, back then it was everybody, literally everybody was like, no, it shouldn't be at all. Yeah, which which we've talked about ad nauseum here, you know, the kids in cages, two, I think two weeks ago. Um, we mentioned that Biden putting the teenagers... I just use that as a, as an example where you know that that type of thing totally changes. Like up until the Great Depression, nobody wanted the government doing works. You know, it's just it's awkward how it's it's awkward and weird how bills sort of change. Well, th- but then you came. Well, here there, there's, there's there's my next point. You came to the Great Depression where government needed to step in because you needed you needed the New Deal. The New Deal saved the economy. It saved the country. Uh, Arguably. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but like, you know, in times of crisis, you need, like we, the government needed to step in and give people UBI. They need to step in and give them healthcare. They didn't do it, but that's what they needed to do. They need yeah. the power to do that. And the filibuster can get in the way of that. Now, yeah. So I, I, like, in, I, I can see the, the arguments. That's in the, immediate, that's in the immediate future, like things that can affect right now. Um, but thinking on the longevity of it, it could also be a point where somebody in a middle party right now could, could filibuster and argue how both sides are wrong. Yeah. That would be a very important thing to do. Yeah, a third, a third party is trying to emerge. Um, the People's Party. They are now... Um, I think registered like an actual party in three states or two states are trying to get a third one. Uh, the three states are Colorado, Maine, and California. Um, and the People's Party is very similar. It's the progressive movement um, that says they're going to fight for the people. And whereas left and the right just has no interests in serving the people, the People's Party is going to serve the people. I don't know how they're going to do that. Or how they're going to get it done? Um, it's very, very hard to form a new political party. You need a bunch of signatures. Each state has different qualifications. Uh, now, do you yeah. think? It, do you think it should be as difficult as it is to create a new political party? Isn't that difficult? Well, you know, in California, you need eighty thousand to get to get elected. It's near impossible. I mean, to get on the ticket and be, um, and, to, and, be and to become an official party. Uh, getting on the ticket is something that I think there has been a lot of issue with people trying to get on the ticket. Like I remember some guy, um, he made like no public appearances. Um, 
he was just put on the ticket through word of mouth. He met all the deadlines, all the fees. Yeah. But they like didn't put him on the ticket a few years ago. Mm. And like that type of situation where it's like, no, of course, like if, if they meet, if they meet the requirements, yeah, some places have more strict requirements, I assume. Yeah. I, th- I imagine there are some places where if you just write your name down, you're on the ticket. <laughs> I mean, sure, but, every, I'm, I'm 95% sure every state has a write-in option. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, every, I'm saying, like, you could just write into the <laughs> local government and be like, hey, I want to be on it. And they're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't think it should be that hard to get on the ticket. No, if you have a certain amount of people, I, that's probably really the only requirement I'd care about. Yeah, I think Maine needed like 5,000 signatures. Um, California needed 80,000. California is like 1% of the population. Um, and, you know, different requirements and yada, yada, yada. But I'm, root, I'm rooting for them. Um, personally, I don't, I don't believe in political parties just as, a, as, a, as a rule. I think political Yeah, I typically don't like them as a well. whole. I think they're ridiculous and... But I'm rooting for them. If they actually have a candidate on the ticket, they can get. They're not going to get into debates because the establishment won't let, definitely won't let them. But who knows? So yeah, because political parties really don't make sense from a voter standpoint. They make sense from an economic standpoint because you can funnel all the money to people to ensure that your you know party members win. Yeah. But if you're a voter, like you should not agree a hundred percent with any politician ever. If you are, you've been lied to, and or you've been tricked. Yeah. Like that's just that's just a matter of fact. You can't agree 100% with a politician cuz they're going to represent some policy or some ideological belief that you don't. Not only that you can't you can't agree 100% with literally anybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you shouldn't be like if if you oh yeah, I'm always Democrat, I'm always Republican. You can't be. They conflict with each other. Yeah, all you vote blue no matter who, dumbasses, how's your health care? Uh, two thousand dollars and minimum wage treating you. Yeah, exactly. How, that how's, how's the how's the act of pushing Biden left going? Oh, it's not. Yeah, that's why you don't vote blue no matter who. Fucking morons. All right, uh, Nash, you put in a blurb here, um, in our oh, notes. Oh yeah. So crazy, crazy things going on, uh, this week. Um, I don't know if you got that IRS letter, did you? I did not. Okay, so the IRS has been sending out letters to people pretty much saying, hey, we're going to give you your more money. Um, but now you can go to the IRS.com, IRS.gov forward slash EIP and actually check the status of uh, your next uh, relief fund. Well, let's, let's, so, ch- let's check it out, baby. I did it the other day, and I'm supposed to get mine in two days. Get my payment, baby. The 17th, whenever this airs. Um, another thing, um, that's from Wayne.com, which I think is a local news. And then USA Today, uh, they said that, I think they said yesterday, that Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and Nebraska were all blasted with four feet of snow, while Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Missouri braced for heavy rains, high winds, flooding, and possible tornadoes. So naturally, if you're traveling in those areas or you live in those areas, you should probably, you know, keep an eye on those conditions because weather is going crazy over there in pretty much the middle of the country. 
Well, they don't know what I'm getting. Oh, my instructor, my check is direct deposit, but say they said I am eligible for the payment. Well, that's good. Once we have your payment date, we will update this page. So the IRS has no idea when I'm getting it. Yeah. Cause, well, also, you never got the letter. I got the letter a few days ago, and they're like, "Listen, if you don't get it within seven days of this letter, you should tell somebody and call us." But I checked it, and they're like, "You're scheduled to get it the 17th. Cool. I mean, I've got I got the other two, no issue. So I have no doubt that I'm gonna get it. Um, did you direct deposit? You got to check in the mail. Mine's direct deposit. Yeah. I mean, obviously, come on now. So Please. I just would have woken up one day with money there. Yeah, isn't it great? Like, <laughs> but my brother is not. He has to. He he didn't put the direct deposit. So he has to wait for the check. The checks look pretty cool. They do look pretty cool. I I did keep. Uh, oh, Nash, live on air. Our, our graphic is now ready. <laughs> hey, hey, put it up. We're going live right now, baby. <laughs> uh, no, we're not, but <laughs> we're on the clock, Daffy. <laughs> oh, this looks good. I can fuck with this. Now I'll send this to you later. Um anyway. Uh so Kentucky, the next state of business. We're talking about back about police again. Uh fun fact, uh Portland's has been having some issues lately with uh, weapon violence, gun violence, and crime after they defunded their police. Uh, who'd have thought? And the mayor of Portland um, called it, they wanted to give $2 million back into the police budget. They called it uh, police prioritization, something like that. <laughs> they pretty much- went from defunding to prioritizing. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy how that cycle works. It was something like that. So yeah, the police, the police are going to get money again because, you know, defunding them didn't work. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's not. I wouldn't say that's a one-sided thing because obviously, clearly, if they don't have enough money, they can't do their jobs. But I mean, there's definitely to some degree, it's like if they don't want to pay us, we won't do it. Yeah, type of deal. I mean, here's here's the thing with the police budget, just in general, and my general rule, really, T general rule here. Um, I don't know how much money should go to a police department. I don't know what number is too high. I don't know what number is too low. I don't even know who would ask to make that number make sense. But the idea of we need to take money from the police department and give it to other areas. Now, I agree with other areas need more money. Yes, like mental health, um, you know, addiction, those yeah. kind of, those kind of, the counselors. Yeah, those need more money. But to say that money should come from the police force because they're fucking up. Eh, eh, yeah. I, I remember it. like. Prove it. I, no, that's, the, that's the most important thing you can do. Because I remember when this first started happening, I was like, I am all for taking money and making it economically more sensible. Yeah. I guess is the word I'm going to use. I'm all for that. But you have to like do an audit. To yeah. know what that number is, audit the police should be, have been trending, not defund the police. Audit the police because I believe we broke down New York's, which I think was like I think it was like one point six or like one hundred sixteen million or one point six billion for the year for the New York City police defense budget, uh, yeah. uh, police budget, law enforcement budget, which to me sounded incredibly high. But again, I don't know what high and low is, right? Like I wonder what Hoboken police fucking budget is. <laughs> but you know those numbers should be looked into what money is going where where is it who's spending what and where is it allocated 
And can some of the things be moved? I think that should be done across the entire government. Audit the government. Government audit the military. Audit the politicians. Yeah. Audit so, everybody. Well, yeah. not me, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't need to be audited. Audit everybody in the government. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where the future of policing should go in terms of the movement. Defund the police, maybe. I don't know. Audit them first. Where's, what, where's the money going? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. Defund them? I don't know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> let's, let's ask why. Be like, okay. Like, which which department do you want to fund? Why? And what, what one are you going to take from where? And where are you going to put it? If you ask these questions to people who believe in defund the police, they probably won't have answers for you. You know why? Yeah. Because they don't know where the money goes to begin with. Yeah, so you got to think about that question more. It's easy to say a slogan. Yes. Um, and uh, the, the officer, I forget his name, who put his knee on George Floyd's neck, his trial is going on. I think now, um, live from uh, the courtroom. The, the 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 judge reinstated a uh, third degree murder charge. It was originally dropped, but he reinstated it. That's now back on the table. Um, what do you think happens to him? He probably goes to jail. Probably go to jail. You think? You think he'll get a murder charge? How long? How long do you think he'll be in jail for? I mean, it's typically like 25 to life for murder, isn't it? I, don't, I honestly don't think he'll get convicted of murder. You don't think he'll get convicted of murder? No, I don't. I don't. I think In he, where, Georgia? Uh, Minneapolis. Minneapolis. I think he could. Right, yeah. It's possible, but the evidence that's going to come back, um, the evidence, the George Floyd um, was, he had fentanyl in his system. He had COVID. Um, and they had, he had methamphetamine in his system. So that could have been a reason why he couldn't breathe. Now, granted a knee on your neck for eight and a half minutes is a very good reason why you shouldn't breathe. <laughs> That's typically enough to not breathe. Yeah. But, um, there, I, I think, I think, I think that cop played a giant part in his murder. Was he the cause of murder? I think he was a cause of murder. Um, a cause of death, maybe not the cause of death, but a cause of death. So I think it's I, I think it's possible there's not enough evidence that to say yes it is his fault he's dead. I get you. I think it's possible. I, I don't think this is a clear I, cut and dry case. I think we should audit him first. I think we should audit him first. I I personally, if I was on the jury, well, then again, here's, here's another thing: who the fuck's gonna be on that jury? Yeah, that's a tough one. How do you have an impartial jury on the George Floyd case? <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a tough one to find. Get the Amish. Yeah, right. Seriously. Um, I hope he does go to jail. I do. I really do. I hope he doesn't get off. Because if he does get off, here we go again. Another two billion dollars of damages going around, and the government's gonna be talking about January sixth. Um, you know, there's no. You know, there's more armed people in D.C. Uh. Military than there are than there is in Afghanistan and Iraq combined. I believe that. 
I believe that too. Isn't that fucking crazy? Anyway. I think there was also something got released recently how there's like a thousand more troops in Afghanistan than what we had been told. You mean the government lied to us? Well, because I think the original number like was 1,000 and now it's like 2,000. Mm. All right. That's interesting. Uh, last point on the police. Kentucky uh, had a bill. Not sure if it passed yet or if it will pass. <laughs> But, of course, Kentucky wants to make it illegal to offend a cop. Gosh, that is that is like a 360 and a half. Whoa, that is crazy. The full circle right there. Yeah, so Louisville, Kentucky. Um, That's so dumb. Would make it Sorry. illegal Sorry. to insult or taunt a law enforcement officer to the point where it could be where it could provoke a violent response. That could be near anything. Yeah, can that be any more vague? Although that, Nash, it is called Senate Bill Two Eleven, so I do like that. It's not called okay, like it's got, a, it's got a catchy name. Okay, it's not called a Protect the Police Bill. All right, it's what Republicans were talking about. They like numbers. Um, <laughs> Offended Officer Act, right? <laughs> Um, hmm. now I don't know about you, Nash, but that's a violation of free speech. Yeah, clear. Yeah, that's pretty clear. And yeah, no, that's a very clear, uh, violation of the freedom of speech. Now, can we have a, can we have a counter law where it says the police not allowed to, uh, to, to taunt or offend the protesters that could potentially provoke violence? Yeah, that'd be bold. So like, yeah, see, saying offense is is stupid. Yeah, like if it worked both ways, maybe. But even still, that's ridiculous. That's why I said it went full circular. So circle earlier because people are. It's like that's almost the thing that people want for themselves. Is like it's illegal to offend you. Yeah, and it's like, well, what happened first? The cops got the law. <laughs> Like you shouldn't have put the idea in their head. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously it makes sense if you're like interfering with the cops. Yeah. But if you're yelling at them or something like that, that doesn't matter. Well, we've, we've all, we've, we've all seen videos, right? Like remember, I remember I sent out one video like a month ago. This, this, this woman was just screaming in this cop's face, middle finger, calling him a murderer, like a kid killer, you know, a racist, a short, whatever. And she spit on him. And as soon as that spit landed on his uniform, she he took that bitch down. Yeah, she assaulted him. Yeah, that that's physical contact. That's, yeah. Totally. Yeah, and, and people don't really, like, oftentimes realize how it's like, how you treat the police is going to determine a lot about how they treat you. Like you can uh, look up the videos. It's really funny of like the, the, what is it? Are they call like the free people or something where they say they're a universal traveler. So they don't need documentation. Like they don't need a driver's license. They're the free peoples of middle earth. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. They're fighting um, that Sauron president, motherfucker. <laughs> I need to get to Mordor anyway. But <laughs> the eye of Kamala is upon us. <laughs> it's like you can tell, like the officers, like when they interact with those people, you can tell when the officer is like, that's their first person they pulled over the day because it's like 
this person is yelling them, I'm allowed to show you my ID. I'm allowed to get out of the car. And the cops just like standing there, like asking them like 10 times in a row, get out of the car, get out of the car. I need to see your license. Get out of the car. And then they get to a boiling point where they break the window and take them out of the car because you're going to treat them like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's my general rule with police. Um, if you're not under arrest, you do exactly what they tell you. Meaning, if they tell you to clear the area, I'm clearing the area. If they tell me to give me their license registration, I give them my license registration. The minute they arrest me and they read me my Miranda rights, I don't say a goddamn word. I let my lawyer talk. Yeah. I don't follow any direction. I sit down and say lawyer, and that's it. As one should. As one should. All right. Um, so that's our, that's our bit about cops, the union. Cops, good and bad. Because you know why? They're people. Shocking. All right, Trump. Whoa, profound. Talking about Donald John Trump. You know, Nash, uh, I got a free month of Paramount Plus because I really want to see all of Nickelodeon all over again. Um, but before I booted up Cat Dog, they had all the Comedy Central roasts. And I watched the Comedy Central roast of Donald Trump from 2011. You know, I watched that not too long ago, too. That's kind of funny you bring that up. And let me tell you, it aged terribly. <laughs> <laughs> he became the most powerful man in the world. Not not the jokes. The jokes aged, most of them aged pretty well. Um, about, his, about his hair, about his wife, about his daughter. Um, Snoop Dogg did really well. The deaf lady did really well. Gilbert Gottfried came in and stole the show. Um, Mike, the situation was awful. Um, of course. But they all joke about him becoming... Pre- well, first off, the weird thing was that when he came, was announced, he was cheered. And you know where it was filmed? Where? New York. Oh, my God. It was, of course. It was filmed in New York, and he was cheered. When he gave his speech about his billions of dollars, he was cheered, and his final rose was pretty much a presidential speech. When he says, when I run for president... It's going to be great. And people cheered. It was the weirdest. It. it was the weirdest thing for 2011. People cheering at, that, at the at idea that, of Donald Trump being president. At that point in time, it was so hard to believe. Like, that would have been insane. Yeah. And it was. <laughs> so what about Trump? Why is he in the news? Because um, the roast happened, like, 12 years ago. No, no, no. no, no because he's <laughs> Trump... Trump sent a cease and desist letter to the Republican Party. Saying what? Stop using my stop stop using my name and likeness. Huh. The Republican Party was was <clears throat> you know using his name for donations. Yeah, oh yeah. And Trump was like, hey, 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 hey. You don't get to make money off of my name. Only I get to make money off of your name. <laughs> 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 that was funny. So yeah, that's what, he sent a cease and desist saying the Republican Party cannot use his name and likeness, you know, Donald Trump. He also sent out like a press release or like a, uh, I don't know how we, there's no Twitter now. He he urged Republicans, the voters, to not donate to the Republican Party, to donate to Trump directly through his PAC. What's his PAC called? No, Trump PAC? Not a clue, but... <laughs> Uh, Donald Trump is using the Democrat, the Republican Party. He has them by the balls. 
Yeah, a, a bit, a bit. Because yeah, because he's he's their you know knight in shining armor. He knows his place. He knows that I am the Republican. Remember there was talks about him starting a new party. Yeah, he was pretty much. It was, it was like I don't need to. I own all of you. Now, yeah. now fall in line, and you know what they're doing? Exactly that. They're falling in line. That's pretty insane. Yeah, because I guess because without him, that that that's really a vulnerable state for that for the Republican Party. If he just dipped and made his own. Well, he's not going to. What he's saying, what he's saying is donate to me, and I will get rid of all the rhinos, the Republican in name only. I'll make sure they don't get any money. Yeah, he's gonna yeah, he's yeah, gonna totally fund the people he likes and give money to the people he likes, mainly himself. <laughs> yeah, that is that is the biggest thing that people don't realize about campaign contributions is that there are laws about who can give, how much they can give, while somebody's running, but there's no laws after the campaign's over. That money is just theirs. I couldn't believe that when uh, when Nathan told me that the other day. Um, where it's just like if you like if you donate to a campaign, win or lose, whatever money they don't use, they get to keep. They pocket. Yeah. They pocket. No, yeah. I I don't know where it should go. To be honest, yeah, that's, that's a hard question to say. Where it should go. Like, I, I'm not saying they shouldn't be able to keep it. I'm just saying it's absolutely ludicrous that they do, and they can. Or it's like campaign, like campaign finances should be taxed like 98%. Yeah. It's just like, where, where would it, where else would it go that would make sense and that's fair? Exactly. That's such a hard question to answer because it's going to go to the government. But what if they won the election? Because then they're the government and they get to decide where it goes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so take take with that information what you will, and I would love to hear a good argument for and against it. Um, so yeah, Trump is splitting the, splitting the Republican Party to its core. What's the future of the Republican Party, Nash? You know, um, you grew up with them. You know them best. <laughs> I'm not sure because they're kind of symbiotic at this point because he can't do as much without the Republican Party because he wouldn't have he wouldn't have enough long term leverage to do anything, and they sort of need him because the most dedicated people are with him. Yeah. So at the moment, it's like he could. That's thanks. If he did try to split the Republican Party, well, you could see a fallout of either of them. They either have the same option. You could see a fallout of the Democratic Party if more people switched to Republican because now Trump wasn't aligned to it. Yeah. You'd, I mean, you'd, you'd be a lot more divisive. I think it'd probably be pretty healthy, honestly, but they're going to you toe the line just because they have to. Yeah. Both of them have to. Trump is trying to unite the Republican Party around him. That's what he's trying to do. Yeah. He's trying to he's trying to scare the rhinos, Republican in name only, to falling in line. Yeah, and that's probably what's going to happen. Because and that would be a m much more Machiavellian tactic if he essentially was the leader of the Republican Party. Yeah, the yep. CPAC. 
I still think it would be hilarious. You know, Trump runs for um, a House seat in Florida. He, he wins. Uh, Republicans gain the House and Senate back in 2022. How Trump becomes House Speaker, brings brings uh, 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 impeachment articles for Kamala and Joe Biden. <laughs> it gets passed in the House and it gets passed in the House, convicted in the Senate. Trump is president for the rest of two years, plus another four if he if he wins. <laughs> Like That'd be insane. the fact that that is possible. Well, cause who's, who's uh Florida got right now for, what is it? What are you saying? Senator? It, no, for house, this is house. So they have a bunch. Yeah. They have a lot for house. Yeah. It's based on population. So who knows? He just needs to win a district. He needs to win one district. Cause like uh, the house votes on who they want to be to, to want to be speaker. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there is that. So enjoy watching a Republican Party crumble and a Democratic Party crumble because the voters are going to realize, or maybe some of them are going to realize that they don't keep their promises too well. Yeah, that's becoming blatantly more apparent every day. But you still have the media defending them and people defending them. Like, actually, people on, like, Twitter and social media defending $1,400 checks instead of 2000 and praising Biden as, this is a good one. This is from, this is from the New York Times. They called Biden a crusader of the poor, a crusader for the poor. See, I think it's going to be kind of tricky because um, I feel like DeSantis might run. DeSantis could run. Next election. He's a a Trump light. He wants to be Trump. He talks like Trump. I don't know, Nash. We have two years to cover that shit. Um, <laughs> do you know Rand Paul? Doctor, yeah, oh yeah. Dr. Rand Paul? Yeah. What do you think about Rand Paul? Uh, kind of a hardliner, typically. He's, 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 a, he's a kooky bastard. Yeah. He has, he has his good moments and he has his bad moments. A Rand Paul Republican. Um, this is from a week, a week or two ago. He questioned Biden's nominee for assistant to the health secretary. So not really a a uh, a uh, a high standing position, but a position in the cabinet, yeah. a position in the cabinet nonetheless. Um and the woman he was questioning was Rachel Levin, who is a transgender woman meaning she was once a man and then she has transitioned into a woman. No, yeah, that was the first nominee to be transgender, right? Yes, very first in history, which you know, congratulations to her for becoming a nominee. Um, disclaimer, I have no issue with her becoming a woman. I have no issue calling her a woman. I have no issue, call, no issue calling her her preferred pronouns. What I have issue with is what she... Oh, my God. <laughs> what, I have issue, what I have issue with is what she wants to do with her policies. Now, again, she is an assistant to the health secretary. So how much power that actually has... Who knows? But <laughs> Rand Paul was questioning her, who again is a doctor, about her policies and the idea of transgender children, children convert converting at ages as early as five or six years old. Jesus. So I'm going to play this clip of Rand Paul, Rachel Levin's response, and we'll discuss following. 
Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender yeah. medicine. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER. But you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? So, Nash, I'm going to ask you a very simple and direct question. Yes. Should minors... No. <laughs> we didn't plan that, I swear. That is how, that is how Nash answered it. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I don't agree with Rand Paul and everything. I, don't, I think he's a crazy guy on some aspects, but in this aspect, he is 110% right. Now, let me be clear. Um, I, I cut that audio. I took that from a five-minute actual ongoing YouTube clip. Um, the first question until end of Rachel's answer was the first part. Rand Paul goes off on a tangent after that for about 30 seconds or a minute or two. And then after that, it cut. I cut from um, the beginning of his second question. So the audio was manipulated. It was not a full-blown full blown actual a clip. If it was video, you would have seen a cut, but since it's just audio, it's very easy to manipulate. Um, so I do want to make that, uh, I do want to make that clear. Yeah. Good, good. Good on you. Yeah. This, I manipulated the audio for time purposes, and I want to play a five-minute clip here for everybody. You can go and find it yourself. I'll link to the video um, in the show notes. But yeah, uh, Rand Paul is 100% right. Now listen, I don't care if, someone transitions at the age of 18. I would prefer that they wait until a little older, 25 specifically, when their brain's fully developed. But at 18, you are a legal adult. You can do whatever you want. I fully support your transition. Done. Yeah. Children? Yeah. Children. Children. On, on the other hand, six years old, no. <laughs> no, no, you're not about that. No, sorry, not at all. Even with even with parental consent, not about it. Now, yeah, that's very young. Now, Rachel Rachel Levin wants it to be without parental consent. So, how? No, well, yeah, because then what? Because it's like. Who's who's going to drive that child to the center? 
Is this child making any medical decisions for them? Like, are they making all of their medical decisions? Because then they probably won't want to go to the doctor. Yeah, does, does it, this child breaks his leg. Does the child get to, get to choose if he wants a cast or not? No, the, the parent does. Rand Paul said the best. You know, we don't let a child make the decision to sew up his finger if he gets a cut. He gets stitches. The parent makes that decision. Now, you want to make it that a child can override the the role of the parent to permanently change their gender or sex to mute to, to 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 mutilate their genitals and change them into something else to pump them with hormone blockers puberty blockers or additional hormones that cause irreversible damage If they change their mind later on in life, it's considered damage. Yeah, without a doubt, it would be. I just well, it could, th- just, could just be an adverse side effect, but totally, yeah. If they change their mind, is one hundred percent the biggest factor here because you're not old enough to make really any important decision because you're not that smart. You don't have any experience with anything, so you shouldn't be able to make that decision. And I don't care that Rachel Levin is a transgender woman. I don't care either. I don't care. But her idea is absurd. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. If 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 a man came up with that idea, if a Hispanic teenager came up with that idea, it's a bad idea. Doesn't matter who had the idea, it's a bad idea. Exactly. Um and her answer is very telling. She was asked a question twice. And this is the answer she gave to a lot of her questions. Senator, thank you very much for the question. Transgender medicine is a very complex and uh, uh, and hard topic to discuss. But if elected, I'd love the opportunity. If confirmed, I'd love the opportunity to come discuss with you and your team. <laughs> Can you answer that again? Yes, Senator, thank you very much for the question. Transgender medicine is a very, is a very hard topic to discuss. If, if, if confirmed, I'd love to come discuss this with you and your team so we can educate each other. And Rand Paul, Rand Paul over there is like, hey, I'm a doctor as well. And uh, no. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that me saying all of this, if heard by the wrong person, I would be the bad guy. I would be called the transphobe, even though I'm making it clear I am not against trans people. Yeah. Support the endeavor. That is your choice to make. But I'm sorry. I I do not believe in transgender children. That should not be a thing. Yeah. Well, giving them the capacity to make that decision is is... Utterly absurd. I really don't even think an adult should have the ability to make that decision for their children because, I mean, just as much as the child doesn't know that much, how much can they know about the child at that point? Yeah. They haven't lived a life. But that's, that's, that's where we, that's where we have, uh, that's, that's where the culture war and socially where this country is going, which is just like, that's, that's bad. Um, now a, a separate issue on parental consent, 
um, abortion, abortion, a 16, 17 year old girl needs parental consent to get an abortion, which again, a minor, um, I've heard the argument that parental consent should not be needed. Any adult consent should do like a neighbor or a family friend. And I go, uh, no, that should be a parent because God forbid something happens during that abortion and a lawsuit needs to be filed. You think, you think that family friend is going to file a lawsuit on behalf? What are the parents going to do? They didn't, yeah. they aren't allowed to give consent. So what they, what, they, what legal grounds do they have to stand on? Well, based on this argument, you need consent of the fetus. Yeah. That too. So yeah, parental consent for any medical procedure is needed for a minor. Anyone under the age of 18. Once you're 18, you can do whatever you goddamn well please. Yeah. And I don't know why that is so hard. That I don't know why that's up for except debate. Except drink. Except drink. You can't drink. Except drink. Yes. But I don't know why that is. Like, I don't know why that is such a polarizing debate. Why is, like we mentioned it earlier with the um, illegal immigration. How it was such a cut and dry thing. How is this not a cut and dry thing? Yeah. For somebody that's going to be a, a decision-making level in the government. Like that's, that's, it doesn't just, it's not just somebody suggesting it. You know, it's somebody that's going to be in the presidential cabinet. And she's going to fight for, legis for legislation like this. So sorry, ma'am, you do not get my vote, even though that means nothing. But if I had a vote, I would vote a negative. <laughs> I would vote no thank you. <laughs> I would vote no thank you. Now, if she answered, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think children at the age of six years old should go through uh, reconforming surgery. Uh, then yeah, I'd have no problem with her being on the cabinet. Yeah. Um, especially but, because Rand Paul, I didn't, it wasn't in the clip, but Rand Paul mentions that, you know, 90% of children who come out and say that they want to be a different gender end up growing out of it or they end up being gay. For men. They, end, for up, men they, end, up, they end up not wanting to have done the... Yes. They, they end up sticking... So for, for little boys... Six-year-old boy who says, Mommy, I feel like a woman. I want to become a woman. That kid ends up growing out of it 90% of the time, and even more, 95% of the time, give or take, that child, that boy, turns out that he's just gay. He likes men. It's a big difference because it's like they don't understand those concepts. Yeah. And you need to give them time to fully understand those concepts. That's what it seems like to me. Yep. Yeah, and especially like you know, the younger the child, the more sensitive they are, like hormonally, chemically, the more they're developing. Um, and then again, it, it kicks in back again at you know thirteen puberty. Obviously, if there's times you shouldn't be fucking with a body, a, a person's chemical balance, it's those two it's, times. Yeah, but I don't, I'm I don't, I'm done talking about transgender kids. Uh, Andrew Cuomo. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Facing pressure to resign 
for the complete wrong reason. What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is uh, Schumer, pretty much every Democrat in the New in the New York government has called for him to resign. People in the media have called for him to resign for the lying about the... No, he didn't. No, that's not what they're calling for. They're calling for him to resign for the sexual allegations. Now, again, to be clear, the allegations are a big deal, all right? The allegations are a big deal. They should not be swept under the rug. The women should be believed and they should be listened to. You may not believe. They should at least be listened to and it should be investigated. They, yes. should, they should be taken seriously. That was what I was looking for. Not, not sure to believe. Believe all women is a ridiculous thing to say. Um, People lie, but if they're not, we should we should know. Now, it should be investigated. And I do not know if Andrew Cuomo is a uh, sex offender, a rapist, a harasser. I do not know. I was not there. Investigate to the best of your ability. However... I do know for a 100% guaranteed <laughs> oh fact that Andrew Cuomo lied about the nursing home data. Yes, for and purely he, political reasons. And he knowingly lied for political reasons. Now, that is not only enough reason for him to resign, it is enough reason for him to be impeached. More than enough to resign or be impeached. And I don't understand how he still hasn't resigned. I don't, I don't under- how- understand how this is not how that is being swept under the rug. So I am not calling for the allegations to be swept under the rug. I am calling for the deaths to be unswept from the rug. <laughs> yeah. So now killing, lying about killing fifteen thousand people directly is is okay. Not a big deal. It's not like it led other uh, lawmakers and elected officials to do the same thing. Governor Whitmer, Michigan, you heard it here. It's coming. Um, multiple governors from left yeah. and right adopted Cuomo's oh, policy. They, they, they sent COVID patients back to nursing homes and killed who knows how many people. Because they yeah, couldn't keep them in hospitals. We don't because clearly the numbers have been lied about. At least in one place, the one that was doing it the most that led the charge. And in Michigan, where people have called for Freedom of Information Act against uh, Gretchen Whitmer, she hasn't released any information. So Cuomo is being pressured to resign for the complete wrong reason. It's like, hey, here's something that might be true that we know we can't prove. Yeah. But let's put pressure on him anyway to save face. But let's completely ignore the thing we have 100% proof on. Yeah, no, that's the biggest point to make because it's not denouncing the fact that he may or may not have sexually harassed somebody. It's just a matter of fact at this point. We know 100% that he did this. He lied about it. He bragged about doing a great job. And it was it was just bullshit just straight up the sexual harassment or assault charges we don't know just because straight up not enough information has been presented and given a thorough look well 
you don't want politicians in the media to uh, to go after Cuomo for the COVID stuff because we all remember. ...show of leadership by Governor Cuomo in recent days. Real leadership of the kind the President of the United States should have provided. Garnering the nickname America's Governor. I think you saw it right there. He is conveying incredible strength in the face of this pandemic. A few people uh, have a better understanding of how to manage the pandemic uh, than you do. He's providing hope but not false hope. Governor Cuomo has become a national leader. For a lot of people, Andrew Cuomo has become the leader of the Democratic Party. Governor Cuomo, no. I think, is, is, is one of the heroes on, on the front lines. You spoke to National Guard troops today in a stirring speech that, if I wasn't listening carefully, I thought you would sending soldiers off to war. Governor, there's so much in this book that I'd love to talk to you about, including the personal side of it. This book is uh, absolutely fantastic. I think it's uh, just a, a guide to how to deal with, with, with this pandemic. Governor Cuomo, the book has done just what you suggested. It starts a really important conversation at a very scary time. It is a book unlike anything ever written by a governor before because no one has lived through and managed the crisis that he has. Cuomo is set to receive an International Emmy Award. He's being honored with the Founders Award for using his briefings to inform and calm the public. His PowerPoints were epic. Yes. In the movie of this, when it's finally made, who do you want to have play you? I think everyone That's is Colbert a big fan Nash. of yours right now. I am a fan of Andrew Cuomo uh. and wish very much that he were president of the United States now. I mean, isn't he actually? <laughs> I mean, in a way, he yes. is. <laughs> president. He is president. Are you thinking oh about running God. for president? Tell the audience. Andrew Cuomo, who has a daily television show now uh, and has become in some ways the shadow uh, president. Maybe Trump is just a little bit mad that Governor Cuomo has become a kind of acting president. I think back to, you know, the daily news conferences you would hold. Many people felt you were the only one who was telling us anything. You know, you gave us hard truths. You didn't try to sugarcoat. <laughs> Honest, direct, brave. It felt like, oh, we are all part of this. We're, we are all in this together. You really did pull us up and out of the deep muck, and I, I thank you for that. Dealing with hardship actually makes you stronger. That's what Governor Cuomo said earlier today. That's what I'm going to go teach my kids right now at home. Oh, you, you teach your kids, Brian Stelter. You teach them good about Andrew Cuomo. Have them read his book. That he writ that he wrote during the COVID pandemic, how good of a job he did. So Nash, I'm, that, just, I'm just worried about what he might teach his wife. Sure, uh, but that's that's why they're not having him resign because of the COVID deaths because it makes them look bad. Because he was on camera, and if you're on camera, you don't deserve anything bad to happen to you. There, the media is saving face for not pressuring him. And to be honest, Nash, Cuomo's not going to resign. You know what's going to happen? Nothing. Which is a horrific reality. Does he get impeached? No. Should he be put in jail? Probably. Yeah. Probably. 100%. Now, this is. Cow, what a, what a terrible person. If this was a Republican governor, if this was Donald Trump, the media would be all over it. All over it. And the only thing I ask from the media is consistency. The only thing I ask for social media is following their own rules equally, which they both fail at. And yep. that, that clip I just played of Andrew Cuomo, the one thing they didn't include was Cuomo sexuals. Uh, 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 Daily Show, Trevor Noah, Jimmy Kimmel, like Tina Fey, they were all using the term Cuomo sexual because they love Andrew Cuomo so much. 
Hmm. I think that I think that term has a bit of a different meaning at this point. Yep. It's like a new word for diddler. Yep. A Cuomo. Ew. We're Cuomo. Don't Cuomo me. Yeah, dude. Get, don't. I don't. I don't want to be Cuomoed. Dude, I was at a party the other night and a girl tried to Cuomo me. Brad was trying to Cuomo my wife. Yeah, I tried to throw a Cuomo on my fucking drink. <laughs> what, what do you do? Kill your grandmother and harass your wife? Yeah. All I right. laugh, but it's, it's atrocious. It really is. Yeah. Trying to bring a little bit of light to it because it's so depressing. Oh, you know what Cuomo said when he was asked to resign? He said, I'm not going to bow down to cancel culture. Oh my God. Who is this person? Listening to Andrew Cuomo talk makes me want to jump out of my building because he's just, he talks down to you. He talks to you like you're a toddler. He's like, well, what we got here is facts and opinions. Are they going to like, are they going to take away his Emmy because he was lying? No, probably not. They're going to give him another one. (laughs) <laughs> for being strong during those troubling times. Oh my God, for having strength and the odds are against him. Yep. In our last uh, topic of discussion for the state, the real state yeah. of the union is uh, there's a record numbers of kids in cages. Yo, what? But uh, don't let the media tell you that because they won't. As of Sunday, U.S. Border Patrol was holding more than 4,200 children in detention centers jail cells, and other crowded holding facilities usually meant for adults, according to the government record reviewed by reporters. Uh, Most have been uh, held over the legal limit of 72 hours. And what's the media calling it? A, uh, a, A necessary... Like, a necessary detainment. What? Oh my god. They're running they're running interference. So Biden got rid of Trump's uh border policies, immigration policies, uh, and made fun of him and criticized him for having kids in cages. And Biden picked up right where him and Obama left off with uh more kids in cages. A record number of kids. In cages for and, uh, an illegal amount of time. Yep. According to Stephen Crowder, 6,000 immigrants, illegal immigrants coming over the border a day. Um, they, they're they getting released with COVID into Texas. They're in cages. They can't do anything for them. And AOC sent a letter about it. So that's, <laughs> so that's nice. To who? Probably Joe Biden. I don't know. Um, but she denounced it on Twitter. That's what she does. And um, Pelosi, Nash, you were telling me before we started recording that Pelosi had the gall to blame Republicans for this. Yeah, I heard that she was blaming Republicans um, because of the policies. This is bullshit, man! That's some bullshit. Yeah, and my immediate thought is, well, at least you're not in the position to make these decisions. Oh, oh, wait. Wait, wait, Daffy, they are. (laughs) Need I remind you, Democrats have the House the Senate. And what's that third one? Oh, the presidency. Yeah, I heard about that one. I read about it not too long ago. So, you know, 
minus without a, minus a filibuster, they can do whatever they want. Nothing seems to be the appropriate answer here, according to them. Yep. So, uh, yeah, there's there's your Biden coverage. Kids in cages, and the media's going to run interference for them. They're going to make excuses for him. They're going to use sugarcoating language for him. So, Nash, what's what's your 2021 outlook for the United States of America? What am I expecting? Yep. Um, well, we're probably going to go to war in the Middle East more. Uh, if not this year, then probably next year. Um, we're probably going to have a lot of impeachment trials, actually. Yeah, impeachment's uh, like a new, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a new fad. Everyone, everybody's like, wearing it. Oh my God. We're going to see so many impeachment tries, trials over the next few years. It's going to be adorable. Yeah, I'm, uh. My expect my expectation is that I don't think the Republicans are going to play that big a hardball, because um, the Democrats seem to be destroying themselves on their own. I mean, so are the Republicans, man. That's what. Well, Trump's I, destroying eh. the, Trump's destroying the Republicans. Is he? He told them not to give money to them. Yeah, because he wants to be in charge of the CPAC, which makes sense. That's probably more authority than he would have there. Um, yeah, it's like going full circle of being the cause of your own problems, and now those problems are at the doorstep, and you don't know how to do anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. Um, it's either people, the American people, on left and right, of the aisle are going to wake up and see that the government, both parties really just don't give a damn about us, about normal people. They don't care. And they're going to do one of two things, revolt and violence or give up and just not care. And I don't know which is worse. Probably. Well, they'll probably do the latter. It's like they're waiting for something. Yeah. And it's like, what more do you want? Or option B is that people on the left and right are going to continue to put their heads in the sand and just play politics, team politics, continue to let the establishment divide us and ignore the class war, ignore the drug war, Ignore the actual war in the Middle East. Ignore the fact that the government is just a a mess. It's a yeah. mess. A pile of poo-poo. Um, like, we really are, I think, seeing the downward spiral of the American empire. That's kind of depressing. Um, at, least, at, least, at least at home, socially. Because, you know, people compare about I'll compare the um, uh, the Roman Empire to the American Empire, and the difference is the reason. I'm like you know, Rome fell, but then military <laughs> opposition came and took it over. Right? Yeah, that was found nail in the coffin. That's not gonna happen. Well, That's not gonna happen here. 
The Goths and the Visigoths. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen here. Like the well, then it became the Byzantine Empire. So you can debate could debate that the fall of the Roman Empire was actually when the uh, was the Caliphate attacked. Bro, you're the history major. I don't know. I'm trying to make the point that Rome Rome's confusing. It's very hard to debate. Our, but yeah, our, our, I get milita- your point. Our military is too strong for the for the empire to fail. So America is always going to be a. It's not. It's always going to be a like yeah, yeah, like a thing. But it's gonna. It's only going to benefit <laughs> the military and the rich. Unfortunately, we're yeah, we're impossible to conquer. We're yeah, we're impossible to conquer. But we're kind of turning into Brazil, where you have some rich people and everyone else is just super poor. Yeah. I think we'll be fine. I don't know. We'll see. If not, I'll I'll do something. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you will. The American Minutes <laughs> Podcast, changing the world one listener at a time. But ladies and gentlemen, I think that is where we will wrap up this edition of American Minutes. We've been going for 80 American minutes, and I think that's a that's 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 a good that's a good average. That's a good median mean to set for the American Minutes podcast. If you liked what you heard here, go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to us right now, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a goddamn episode. Typically, Nash and I will be live. Next week, we will be live on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Nash, those plugs again, my friend. Oh, God, I have to have them up. Um, So what you're going to want to do is go to Twitch. because you can find us on Twitch. That's probably the biggest, newest one, and I'm definitely not saying that just so I can uh, get enough time to say that we're also on Instagram (laughs) at American underscore minutes. Facebook page is at American minutes. Twitter at USA Min Pod. YouTube at American Minutes Podcast. And if you're listening out there and you really didn't like what I had to say about Rand Paul, well, you really liked what I had to say about Rand Paul, and you want to be a guest on this podcast, feel free to reach out to us at will at APSpodcast.com or nash at APSpodcast.com. We would love to have you as a guest on the show. You could be live with us um, on Twitch, YouTube. If, but if you're uncomfortable with that, being live on video, we can do a pre-recorded like me and Nash did tonight. Um, very easy. We record Monday nights either at eight o'clock live or like six, seven o'clock Eastern time. Um, pre-recorded. We'd love to have you. Um, but American Minutes is a growing podcast. We're you're going to see our name a lot floating around these next few months, these next few years. It's going to be a grand old time. But until next time, our time is up. Yeah, I can ask me a question. No, I don't know, Nash. I don't know. Um, um, what's your favorite Pokemon? Uh, Alakazam. Alakazam? Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. And in five, four... I got them spoons. In five, (laughs) four, three, two, one, cut.